Welcome into the Fantasy Football Diagnostics Podcast, where we provide you with your weekly diagnosis of everything fantasy football, whether it's season-long leagues, dynasty, DFS, or sometimes even IDP. We got you covered all year long. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's get to it. Welcome into the Fantasy Football Diagnostics Podcast. And of course, I'm your host, John June. Wouldn't be a show without my guy, Greg Penniman. Greg, how are you doing? Sir, doing right. Excuse me, doing all right Uh, on the Saturday morning. uh, You know, yeah, feeling good. Just just one step closer again to the NFL season. Uh, More preseason balls happen happening. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm just the excitement level just just goes up every day as, as we get close. We got fights going on in practice, like people actually squaring up for fights. Like this is this crazy, yo. We just want to play. Yeah, man. We saw Antonio Brown <clears throat> land a punch on a Tennessee Titan defensive back. We saw Sterling Shepard and Troy Hill uh, actually square up uh, for a little bit. So yeah, I don't know, man. No preseason last year. These guys are getting that those juices flowing. I mean, there's a lot more. It feels like, and I could fact check this, but it feels like there's a lot more joint practices this year than we've had in the past. I mean, I feel like there's always usually like a couple teams like the Patriots and the Eagles or, you know, certain other teams that do joint practices. But it seems like almost every team in the league is doing joint practice. And that really gets the competition going. That really gets the juices flowing. So, football gets my juices flowing, man. I yep. mean, fantasy yep. football getting just football, but. As we get closer to the fantasy season, we've had we had our League of Extraordinary People fantasy draft, which is our league of record here on the show. So, Greg, I know you're excited about your team. Ooh. I was getting sniped left and right. Uh, so I'm, I'm a little bit less excited, but I'm still excited, you know. Uh, but today on this show, we'll be covering some of the latest news and notes. We'll be getting into some tips for managers playing in season-long leagues, whether You've listened to us before. We've given out some of these tips, but if you're a first-time listener, if you're a first-time season-long player, then you're definitely going to want to check in with these tips that we have for you. And then a segment that we started last year and, you know, we thought that it was a really good exercise for us to go through is the what could go right, what could go wrong, right, where we take a guy that – uh, we're either high on or or low on um, and see what the range of outcomes could be for that guy. You know, maybe we're maybe they're a breakout player for us and we say, hey, what could what could actually go wrong? So where that doesn't happen. So um, that was a pretty, pretty good segment we did last year. And so we decided to bring it back again this year. And so, Greg, we're going to jump right into the news. And the first item today, Jalen Hurts, he uh Sat out the preseason game, the Eagles preseason game on Thursday night. He was being evaluated for abdominal pain. He actually had to go to the hospital. Seems like he had a stomach bug, but uh, he told the coaches before the game, hey, I'm, I'm not feeling right. So they, they held him out. And, he, you know, obviously this game was meaningless as it's the second preseason game, uh, the second of, of three preseason games. Uh, Jalen Hurts is the starting quarterback for this team. There's pretty much uh, no question about that. And so uh, any nervousness here or are you good to go with Jalen? Um, it's just <clears throat> oh, always, you know, a little maybe a little nervous because, again, not non-contact injury, something that just happened uh, kind of like just random stuff that could ha- ha- happen. Uh, he could be, you know, sick, whatever. We don't speculate. So but um, I'm fine with what well, he should be back. In general, uh, I don't think it will affect him on the field. He said he she should be okay. Uh, yeah, just monitor that situation. Uh, I wouldn't be so nervous, but it, it is a non off the field non contact injury, so that could put some concern. Yeah, I mean, it seems like it was a stomach bug. Maybe he didn't eat something good, or or something like that, or didn't eat enough or whatever. But whatever the case may be, he seems to be okay. Um, next up, we had. Nikhil Harry is just a trio of receivers here uh, on the news board. But Nikhil Harry has no structural damage in his shoulder. Um, apparently, he'll be able to rehab without surgery. He was having what seems to be like, for all the reports, have been a pretty decent camp, a good camp, better than what he's shown in the past, uh, has shown better route running and whatnot. Um, got injured laying out for a ball on, on Thursday in Thursday's game. You know, Curtis Samuel, he uh, moving on to Washington, he didn't play in Friday's preseason game against the Bengals. 
He was recently activated from the pup list last week. Uh, so obviously Washington's trying to ease him back in. I think he had I think he had dealt with COVID. He was on the COVID list and then he had another injury. Something there was something like that with Curtis Samuel. So um, you know, he's he seems to be trending back in the right direction. And then there's Cortland Sutton, wide receiver for the Denver Broncos. He confirmed that he'll play in at least one preseason game. You know, he's dealing with the ACL injury that he had last year. He's he was able to practice. He returned to training camp on time. Uh, has been playing with a practicing with a knee brace, but you know, it seems like he's on track to to be a week one to be a week one starter there for the Denver Broncos. What are your expectations for Cortland Sutton as we head into 2021? Uh, I was really high on him just always in general uh, as a player after his uh, breakout sophomore year. Um, you know, I thought he was going to even go crazy last year, crazier last year. Uh, I still think he has that potential um, if he plays week one and, and is healthy. Um, yeah, he, he was a, a big kind of a popular sleeper uh, wide receiver that you can get uh, in that wide receiver 25 to 30 range that can give you possibly some wide receiver one weeks for sure. Yeah, Corlin Sutton, is he's just a man, bro. Like, that's how I just define him. Like, he's just a grown man. Uh, yeah, I, I remember his rookie season. I kept waiting for the breakout to come because he kept lead, he like led the league in air yards, and it was like Demarius Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders on the Broncos. But that breakout year came the second year, and, um, you know, again, he was I was expecting big things from him last year towards ACL early week two. But again, it seems like he's on track. It does have a little bit more competition here from Jerry Judy, but I think Cortland Sutton's the alpha. Uh, so mm-hmm. I, I, as, as long as he's healthy, I expect him to trend in that range. And like you said, he's going in the wide receiver 20 to 30 range. I've gotten him later than that in drafts. And I'm, I've got him inside my top 20 in terms of projections and rankings. And so I just keep plugging away at Cortland Sutton. Yeah. Um, Larry Fitzgerald, that's a name we haven't heard in a while, right? He he seems like he'll continue doing broadcasting for now. He 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 said that uh, quote was to be honest with you in regards to whether he would play. He said I just don't have the urge to play right now. So we're in August. We're August 21st. Like if he doesn't have the urge to play in August, you never know. Like maybe it's like Brett Favre status, Michael Strahan, where they're like I I want to play in September. Yeah, uh, no, no preseason games. Training camp and preseason yeah. and when you get older. He's he been through that so many times. <laughs> but then you look at this depth chart here for the Arizona Cardinals and, you know, what is the expectation? I mean, the Cardinals said that they would love to have him back, right? But for I don't think he would it would really mean anything from a fantasy perspective. At least I hope not. you got DeAndre Hopkins, A.J. Green, Rondell hmm. Moore. Uh, Christian Kirk has apparently been playing well in camp as well. So, you know, where, how would you feel if Larry Fitzgerald made his way back to this Arizona Cardinals depth chart? Um, I wouldn't be too concerned, maybe for the, the slot receiver in the offense. Um, I'm not sure how, you know, Kingsbury is going to, you know, set up the, how he's going to put a, who's going to put in this, be in the slot. Uh, but, um, I think that's probably the only player that would be slightly effective. Larry Fitzgerald wasn't ever really fantasy relevant for the last maybe four, three years. So, I wouldn't really put a lot of stock into his impact if he comes back or not. Yeah, and I'm, I mean, I would hope. I mean, I, I I think that Rondell Moore will probably end up being the slot guy for for the Arizona Cardinals. But I would hope that if Larry Fitzgerald does make his way back, that they choose to play the second round pick with some juice in right. there over the 38 year old. Right, right. So right. that is just my hope. I mean, he doesn't want to play right now. Doesn't have the urge. So you know, let's let's keep it that way, Larry. Hall, future Hall of Famer. Love you, buddy. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders. He's been in and out of practice with a foot injury. Um, it's not considered serious, but he's 34 years old and um, he was having a good camp. Was expected to place a major to play a major role in this Bills wide receiver core. Uh, how, what are your feelings about Emmanuel Sanders? Does this potentially open the door for a guy that we've both been banging the drum on in Gabriel Davis? Uh, what are your thoughts there, Greg? Uh, yeah, definitely um, does slide up Gabriel Davis's impact. Uh, Manuel Sanders is going to be in and out in the lineup to start, uh, and then it could be just a situation he deals with all year, so they might have to peel him back, peel his targets back a little bit. Um, you know, Manuel Sanders uh, pretty like you know impactful for you know making that trying to like that twenty that third twenty five to thirty uh, sometime getting those weeks where he you know get a lot of some targets, but um, yeah. If he's in and on the lot of Gabriel Davis can slide in into a, a passing offense 
uh, which would be great um, as that third receiver that he can have impact as well. Yeah, Emmanuel Sanders, you know, he had 726 yards for the Saints last year on 82 targets, uh, you know, filled in. I think people were upset when he first filled in for Michael Thomas, like filled in for Michael Thomas because he doesn't really. But either way, people were upset. He did pick it up a little bit near the end, but he's not the same player that he that we saw in San Francisco where, you know, he was averaging almost 14 yards a catch. But I think in this offense, he can provide a decent number two option. However, I know you and I are both really high on Gabriel Davis, and we would like Gabriel Davis to take over this number two receiver role or i mean number I mean, two cole number beasley three. man you know cole beasley's yeah, always cole, gonna get his targets you know no cole beasley's gonna get his targets i just in the back of my mind i just have to cole beasley's expensive uh there's obviously the you know i'm not gonna don't want to don't want to get into all of it but he's hasn't he's has some opinions that may not jive with the that of the organization and so you know there's there's just some writing on the wall where i can't when I do my projections and my rankings, I can't guarantee that Cole Beasley's on the roster. So I kind of hedge for that. So um, until I, week one starts and he's on the he's on the active roster, I will refer to Cole Beasley as the number two receiver on the team. <laughs> got it. Got but it. moving forward, David Njoku, uh, who recently asked for a trade out of Cleveland, uh, says he wants to stay in Cleveland. And he's instructing his agent to start working on a new deal. So. Definitely a change of heart here for the, the the Cleveland Browns tight end who had most recently wanted to get out of there with the signing of Austin Hooper, the drafting of, of Harrison Bryant. You know, he's still young at 25 years old. So, you know, it's it's maybe. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's another leverage play by him. Like, hey, give me all. Yeah, let's negotiate, but give me a ton of money. And then they'll be like, OK, we'll trade you. But I don't know. Uh, just speculating. Uh, Carl Lawson, this one hurts my soul, uh, suffered a ruptured Achilles on Thursday in his joint practice against the Green Bay Packers. So who will miss the 2021 season? It was expected to fill that edge rusher role that the Jets have sorely missed, but that's important for this Robert Sala defense that he's bringing over from the, you know, that he's bringing over with him from the 49ers. So definitely a, a you know, a, a definitely a hit there for the Jets defensive line. But I think from a fantasy football perspective, not IDP related and not defensive related, I think that this probably makes more pass attempts for Zach Wilson. So if you're playing in the QB2 league, probably gives him some more upside. Or when we're streaming this year, probably makes him a, a, a candidate at some points, depending on the matchup. And then the next thing that we have here, this is actually good news. Uh, DeAndre Swift returned to practice on Thursday uh, from the injury and he took a, a heavy load of the reps there. So it seems like he's, he's aiming to be good to go. Uh, I don't expect him to play in any preseason games. Like just let that, just put that dude on ice until week one, man. Um, what do you, what's the excitement level there, Greg? I know he's a guy that you recently added to your league extraordinary people team. He's also a guy that we both are very high on. So what are what are your thoughts? Yeah, C.D. Lamb. I mean, not C.D. Lamb. DeAndre Swift. Uh, yes, yeah, love this guy. Love the the receptions he's gonna bring, especially in full point PPR leagues. He's he's gonna get uh the work. I mean, people think he's not gonna get that workload. I I think he's gonna get it. Um, you know, just like Antonio Gibson's getting those rumors of getting Christian McCaffrey workload. I see no reason why DeAndre Swift shouldn't get those same kind of rumors. Um, yeah, he's he's gonna be a beast. He's gonna be a, a steal of a lot of drafts. I think steal of our draft. You know, I got him as my RB two. So, yeah, I'm, I'm happy about that. Yeah, let's move on to the next topic. <laughs> no, I'm just I'm just messing. Uh, DeAndre, I'm just a little salty, man. I was, you know, hoping DeAndre Swift to make it back to me. I was hoping Brandon Ayuk would make it back to me. Neither one of those things happened. Either way, DeAndre Swift, uh, he's been a steal of a lot of drafts. I mean, he went in my auction league. I told you RB26 based on pricing. Crazy. It, it's it's people are down on Swift. I mean, they don't look at him like they look at these other second year breakout running or these second year running backs like Jonathan Taylor or Clyde Edwards Alaire. Like Clyde Edwards Alaire is getting so much so much forgiveness from the fantasy community. <laughs> right? And it's like, but DeAndre Swift shouldn't have to ask you for forgiveness. Nah, he produced. He didn't, he didn't do anything to you. Like yeah. he fourteen point six PPR points a game last year. Taking like, that, yeah. DeAndre Swift was a really good he was a really good football player. He was a really good fantasy asset. So wake up, people. Stop letting DeAndre Swift slip into the third Please. or fifth round of your leagues. Like, 
just take that man. He's gonna be a top. He has he is he's gonna be a top fifteen back for sure. But he has like top ten upside in him because of that receiving ability that Greg that Greg had alluded to. So let's get into the season long manager tips. And a lot of these might sound familiar because I promise you they're the same ones. Uh, might uh, I don't Greg maybe you added something, but I literally have the same ones I had last year. And so tip number one for me is no tilting. If you aren't familiar with the term, it's essentially no overreacting. And while it's mainly associated with a negative outcome, it can we can also tilt to good things. So whether don't get high, don't get too high, don't get too low, depending on what happens, right? Bad things are going to happen. Players are going to have a bad game. You're going to lose a game or two. Someone's going to get injured. They might even get COVID. I hope I could have I was hoping I could have left that part out, but we're not out of the clear yet. Nope. So but stay level headed, right? It's it's called season long for a reason. So I've told this story many times on the show, but our league mate Oscar in the League of Extraordinary People a few years ago started out 0-4, and he did not give up, and he he ended up winning the league that year. And so if you can just keep that mentality, hey, it's a season-long league, take it one week at a time, try to try to go 1-0 every single week, then you're gonna you're 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 gonna have a much better time playing this game, you know. If again, if a guy you drafted highly doesn't perform, there might not be any reason to cut him, right? Like, pay attention to the situation, snaps, opportunities, air yards, judge the value of the player off of those peripheral numbers and not just the fantasy output alone. Greg, do you have anything to add to that? Uh, no, I think that's a, a pretty good one, especially uh, the season long is a, is a long game. It even became longer. We got a 17th week now. I'm mean, an 18th week now, so. Uh, you added a 4th regular season uh, game for a lot of managers. So that's nice, you know, to maybe make that comeback for your your, your team. So, yeah, definitely stay patient, uh, especially, yeah, I know after week four, that's when the most, probably the most betrays be happening and stuff like that. People are ready to, to give up. But, uh, yeah, definitely assess the situation level-headed and, uh, yeah, take it from there. Greg, what is your tip for the people today? I think I'm a really popular one, I think, especially because last year, we had a game on every day of the week um, because of COVID. And, you know, you said it, that it's not over yet. And you kind of have a lot of rescheduling and stuff. So if, if a game like on a Monday or the game, like a Thursday night game, um, try to make sure to put that, of course, those those uh, running backs and wide receivers that are playing uh, from your flex spot into those receiver or running back and uh, receiver spots. So it's to save you. Uh, your savior flex position for Sunday uh, or even if you have a Saturday game, uh, slide that in. So, yeah, just keep your options open till the latest point in time uh, till Monday night. Uh, keep your flex option open always. No, that's a huge one. And it's usually underlooked because, you know, let's say a guy is you have an injury and you can't you like you left someone in your running back spot and you can only play now a running back Ooh. like. It's tough. <laughs> like it's tough. That's that's gonna be slim pickings. But at least if you kept them in your, if you had that flex spot open, you would be able to play either a running back or a wide receiver, right? And it's, sometimes it's easier to find those wide receivers on on the waiver wire. So definitely a, a, a great tip right there, Greg. Uh, mine is work the waiver wire. Um, again, it's a grind and you have to work the waivers, whether you're streaming, you're looking for guys to add to your roster because you think their their role can grow. Don't be afraid to spend your fab, your fab money early, your free agent acquisition budget early. Uh, if there's a player on waivers mm-hmm. that can help your team, if, even for a week to buy you a win, don't be afraid to spend that money. Uh, also try to be a week ahead on players so you don't have to use your fab money. If you're streaming quarterbacks and defenses or maybe even have bye weeks coming up, pick up some guys earlier so that you don't have to outbid other managers or burn priority. Uh, you know, and if you're using waiver priority, don't be afraid to burn that priority early. Right. Like everyone tries to save that 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 uh, number one waiver for so long. Just burn it early if you think there's a guy that's worth it. Uh, if your other leagues, Greg, you and I, we, we do this all the time. We're in a league where no one in the top half uses their waivers. And so we're just, we're just in the bottom half, just constantly using our priority. Uh, So, you know, try to approach that or try to adopt that mindset to, to your game as well. 
But again, try to be early. Pick up these guys as free agents so you don't have to pick them up on waivers. Like that's something that we do that we you know, we talk about all the time. And we'll tell you uh, if you're listening to us in season, like, hey, pick this guy up because he might be a guy that a couple weeks from now we're picking up off waivers. So, Greg, anything to add to that? Uh, no, that's a pretty good one. That's probably the, the best one, the most active one. Just just be ready. You know, you could get that James Robinson after week one. Get that Miles Gaskin after week one. These are two guys last year that, uh, you know, potential top 15 receivers that you know, were on the waiver wire just chilling. Uh, going on, Yeah, running backs pretty much. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, Miles backs, Gaskin was basically a receiver, so I'll give you yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it's it's definitely uh, the two years ago, DJ Shark. Like, yeah, you're, there's always going to be uh, someone there that, you know, you're probably like, oh, I have this one waiver spot. I don't want to use it now. And then he's going to go off like after week one. Is it that's a nice popular waiver week because, yeah. you know, we kind of solidify what, you know, what the depth charts are kind of looking at. First preview of that, because no one really knows at the end of the day. Yeah. Like when we thought Jordan <laughs> Howard was going to be the guy. Yep. 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 And uh, then it was Miles Gaskin. <laughs> yep. But it was OK because we just pivoted really quick. Real quick. Yep. Real. Really quick. We just did a pivot. So, um, Greg, what is your next tip for the people? um yeah just pretty much like have fun uh, at the end of the day um you know yeah uh, trades are fun uh just talking about fantasy day to day is is fun ha- have fun with it don't get too frustrated i know fantasy football can humble you real real quickly uh <laughs> those sundays could look real bleak so uh yeah yeah uh just try to ha- have fun with it and you know um yeah when, when these ships absolutely i'll add to that one actually one of the things i stopped doing is stop checking my score like all day Sunday. Like we play this game because we want to enjoy. I mean, obviously we want to win. We're competitive, but like we first started playing this game because like we want to just get more into football and watch football more. Right. Like I wanted to be able to watch a game like the Bengals and the Raiders that I necessarily, like I wouldn't have cared about, but now I, I, I actually do care about it because I do want to watch these guys play. So, um, or maybe I have some of these guys on my fantasy team, but ha- don't check the scores. Just watch the games and have fun, right? And it'll make you, it'll, you know, have you uh, mm-hmm. looking, maybe seeing other things that you wouldn't have seen, like another player or why your player isn't playing well, right? Different things like that instead of just constantly checking your score. Um, I'm going to say, you know, to add to the waiver one, save an emergency fund. Uh, you know, again, talking fab here, like, a few dollars, five, six dollars to be able to outbid opponents when when you do make it to the playoffs for like that defense or that quarterback, or maybe the start their starting running back goes down. Whatever it may be, just try to save up some of your money, um, so so that or and if you're playing in the archaic waiver system, if if you find yourself creeping into the top half in your waiver priority near the playoffs, just start saving it if your team is already loaded at that point. Um, the last one I have is stay with us and this is deeper than just simply saying listen to us or or watch us on youtube but and that you'll win your league we obviously believe that and we helped a bunch of people win their leagues before and or at least come really close to it but even if you run into some bad luck or injuries or you lose to the highest scoring the highest scoring team every week make sure you're paying attention to what's happening in the in the nfl which players are rising in fantasy Pay attention to stuff like that because it's useful information for the following year. For example, guys like Jonathan Taylor, Antonio Gibson, Brandon Ayuk all finished the end of last year on a very strong note. And so that's part of the reason why these guys are going high in fantasy drafts this year. That's part of the reason why we're relatively high on these guys as they enter fantasy drafts. It was the same thing with Antonio uh, A.J. Brown two years ago, like the end of that playoff run, like, or the end of that season run, like week 13 on, you're like, yo, this dude is the man. And, and you really saw it. And that's why we were taking him so high last year. And we weren't afraid to do that. So Greg, anything to add to those? Yeah, no, that, that pretty summed it up. Uh, yeah, I like that one. Hopefully that's going to be, well, Javante Williams hopefully starts a little earlier than that, but hopefully he's that guy, you know, coming down the stretch winning chips. <laughs> Yeah, man. I mean, some somebody's going to be and the only way to find out is to stay plugged in, paying attention. So we're going to we're going to find it out. But you did get my brain going when you were talking about, you know, Thursday night football and putting your guys on waivers, which then made me think about something that I you know, it's a tip. Uh, you know, if you want to get 
I mean, we're hey, we're all competitive, right? We want to win. So if your league does not have a restriction, like say you're playing Yahoo and it doesn't have a restriction on when you can pick up players or drop players, right? Like uh, I know in ESPN, like you can't drop a player once they played. But I look at my bench as like a practice squad sometimes, right? Like if I have a spot that I know is open, I'll pick it up. I'll pick somebody up. If they play on Thursday night, I'll be like, okay, let me see how this – this guy does or like you know greg we've done this before pick up a running back yep. you know a backup running back if they happen to be for the monday night game even yeah, the, yeah yeah the monday night game the thursday night game the you know whatever so that you know we never hope for injuries or anything but it happens right and so yeah if it happens you're you just you end up scooping that guy up and you don't have to pay a premium and on waivers to get them yep. um but you know, what I'll do sometimes, I'll pick up a guy on Thursday, see how he does, didn't play well, drop him, pick up another guy on Sunday for the 1 o'clock games, he didn't play well, drop him, 4 o'clock, so on and so forth. And so you can just exercise that roster spot. Um, hey, we, we we look for every edge out here. So uh, one, one ways we also look for edge, Greg, you and I were doing our weekly projections this year. And so we are that's one way we're trying to get an edge. That's one way we're trying to give our listeners here an edge. And one of the ways you could use that edge is playing Thrive Fantasy. So, Greg, why don't you tell the people about what Thrive has going on, man? Oh, yeah, you already know Thrive Fantasy. Uh, definitely come on, prop up on Thrive Fantasy this football season. Uh, Thrive Fantasy is a daily sports and esports app for player props. Uh, with Thrive, you can eliminate countless hours of research and focus on only the top-tier athletes that have the biggest impact on the game. Choose 10 out of 20 available players, uh, player props to build your lineup. Uh, each prop is assigned a fantasy value for both the over and the under based on how likely it is to hit. you got to hit the most props and rack up the most points to win a share of the prize pool. It sounds pretty simple to me. Uh, Thrive has over 140,000 guaranteed prizes for NFL Week 1 and has awarded over $4 million. Uh, that's a lot of change right there. So definitely interested. You got me interested right away. Thrive Fantasy Thrive's featured 100,000 guaranteed contest is 20 to enter. And first place takes home 20K. So all you got to do, use the promo code FFDX when you sign up today. And you will receive a $100% instant first deposit match up to $100. Download Thrive Fantasy on the App Store or Play Store or by visiting their website at www.thrivefantasy.com. Use that promo code FFDX. Sign up today. Very professional read there, Greg. Like it. I like it. Um, so everyone, obviously, you know Thrive Fantasy. We've recently partnered with them, so we're excited about that. So if you are watching on YouTube, you can obviously see the promo code FFDX. If you're listening on podcast platform, the code is FFDX. But either way, uh, whether you're listening to us on podcast or YouTube, just make sure you subscribe and make sure you are hitting those notifications so that you don't miss an episode, especially when the season starts. We're going to be in September. We'll be four shows a week. You're not going to want to miss this magic that we make four shows a week. It's going to be awesome, amazing. But it would be even more amazing if all of our calls this year go right, Greg. But we know that that's not going to happen it's like impossible for it to happen but we have to look at the range of outcomes for all these different players across the league all these players that we prognosticated on so what could go right we'll start there and it was it was interesting because i looked at i looked at my list last year and you know i had josh jacobs was a what could go right for me because he was my bus candidate uh, Nick Chubb, Nick Chubb was what could go wrong for me because he was my, my, uh, he was my my guy or my ride or die last year. Um, you know, Miles Sanders I think was another guy. AJ a. Brown was another guy that was what could go what could go wrong since because I was basically in love with them. So it was really interesting to go back and kind of look at those look at those um, you know look at those those players that I had written down. But Nick Chubb actually makes it again for me this year as a what could go right candidate. This year he makes uh, he makes me, you know, I this year I haven't been as you know loud about Nick Chubb because last year I felt there was like a a bit of a disrespect for Nick Chubb. But he's one of my favorite runners in the league. Uh, people know that I could watch him run all day. You know, the last year the threat to his production was Kareem Hunt 
who was a fine running back option last year and filled in admirably for Nick Chubb when he was out with the injury. But in 12 games last year, Chubb ran for almost 1,100 yards. He was on a 16-game pace of more than 1,400 rushing yards. The year before, he ran for almost 1,500 yards. I projected Nick Chubb to lead the NFL in rushing last year. Obviously, that didn't happen, you know, and – but there's no saying that it can't happen this year, right? He averaged 5.6 yards per carry last year in Stefanski's wide zone run scheme, mainly due to his ability to make defenders miss. He was ninth in yards after contact and fourth in broken ta- in broken tackles, despite missing four games last year. I think with some consistent volume being the engine of the Browns offense and potentially seeing more involvement in the pass game, Nick Chubb has top five upside based on talent alone. And if everything comes together, we're talking about a top three potential finish here for Mr. Chubb. Yeah, I could see his range of outcomes being that high, especially because this is a one a run first team in the Cleveland Browns. Um, it's a guy that when both of them, Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb was playing, he was still getting his carries, still getting his touches uh, close to 20 uh, and over 20 in some games. So, yeah, I see no reason why they both can't thrive. And Nick Chubb, of course, being the, the higher threat there so yeah i'm definitely on board with nick chubb and you could basically copy paste a lot of what i said for jonathan taylor so which is i'm just gonna throw that out there and that's what no cream hunt so that's even more of like a yeah <laughs> i mean he's got naheem hines in his yeah you know, yeah, like yeah. A thorn that's in the side sure. but that's true. you know um Greg, who's your first what could go right candidate today uh, gotta talk about my guy you know saquon even though i'm still low on him in the rankings i, I still you know have to talk about the fact that if the Giants are going to have him out there week one. Like, you know, this, this seems like it's back and forth every day. We don't really know. And if they're going to give him the full workload, you know, <laughs> the full workload that, uh, you know, we expect Saquon to probably, you know, build up to or I expect him to build up to, um, which is, you know, 20 touches a game, uh, working in the passing game, working in the, in the you know, in the carries. Um, this is a guy that's going to be a steal. He's a steal and going in a lot of drafts right now. Um you know, there's rankings that have him out the top top 10 of running backs uh, in the bottom 10 with the touches that you're going to expect Saquon to get um, in a full workload playing week one. See, no reason Saquon should be finishing top three. Like, that's what Saquon does. That's his production. So, yeah, it's a matter of really, is he going to be there available, you know, or to ready to go? And are they going to unleash him? If you're watching on YouTube, you can see the grin on my face ear to ear. If you're listening, then I'm just I just announced it to you. Because I'm just really excited, Greg. I mean, I I, I didn't know I, – I knew that I wouldn't take long for me to get you over here because he's a Giants fan – because you're a Giants fan. You know, I, I like, I know you are you're, – you're unbiased in your takes when it comes to fantasy and the Giants. You separate the two. But Saquon Barkley is an unremarkable talent. Yes, yes. Like you said, I mean, if he plays week one, you, you know, he's a discount because he's going – and I've seen him go as late as like ten in some leagues. I mean, this is a this guy, like you said, top three potential. And it's funny because um, Troy Troy King tweeted this out recently the other day. He said, "So why didn't McCaffrey get hurt last year too? Like, <laughs> why is he getting? Why is he just universally like the number one pick? Like, shouldn't, shouldn't people think about? But." And I'm not saying that to say, like, maybe we shouldn't take McCaffrey number one. I'm just saying, like, Saquon is – he looks to be healthy. So, I yeah, I, I like this. What could go right? Oh, man. Okay. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. All right. <laughs> My next what could go right candidate is Henry Ruggs. Seems to be the forgotten man amongst the first-round wide receivers last year. Don't tell Jalen Rager I said that. But from Jefferson to Lamb to Judy to Ayuk – all of these guys coming into 2021 have high expectations from fantasy managers, but not Ruggs. And he was the first wide receiver taken in his class last year. Now, whether the Raiders should have done that or not, that's a different conversation. But the point remains, Ruggs is clearly a talented football player. He was efficient last year on limited opportunities, 43 targets, had a 60.5% catch rate at over 17 yards per reception and two touchdowns. Of all wide receivers last year, with at least 40 targets, only one, only one wide receiver had yards per reception of over 17 yards per catch and a 60% catch rate or higher. And yes, that one wide receiver is 
Henry Ruggs. And so he had the highest A dot or average at the target of any Raiders wide receiver last year, 17.1. Next was Nelson Aguilar at 15.5. He was the Raiders deep threat. Nelson Aguilar was on 80 plus targets. Aguilar is now was allowed to walk in free agency. Ruggs, the former first round pick, is in line for this Aguilar role, which, you know, could be somewhere in the neighborhood of 80 to 100 tar- targets. We're talking about a good season for Henry Ruggs if he can get to that number. If Ruggs is as efficient as he was last year as a rookie, he's a shoe-in for 1,000 yards on 100 targets. So that's the kind of upside I look for when I'm taking a wide receiver this late in drafts, and Ruggs brings that. Yeah, that's that's super solid. Yeah, he was, you know, rated as probably that, the best one out of, you know, those, those um, receivers that were coming out of Alabama uh, before Devontae Smith. Um, so, yeah, I was we were pretty high, like, as a – Player definitely high him last year. Um, you know, battling with some injuries, but his air yards were high in those games that he played, so the potential was there. Definitely, man, definitely. Greg, what do you got for another guy? Um, going to talk about some tight ends, mostly specifically Blake Jarwin. Um, you know, I think the work will go right for him. Um, just he's he's going absolutely undrafted in leagues, a lot of leagues, uh, or even just the last tight end off the board. Um, the work will go right is that if he slides in as the full number one role, tight end role in this Dallas Cowboys offense, um, that with Dak, uh, with that has always, you know, been a player that's targeted the the tight end. Um, Dalton Schultz last year got 89 targets last year. Uh, so if you're expecting Blake Jarman to sign a slide in and take, you know, take that production, um, you, you're going to get a guy that's going to get you definitely top tight end one value um, that's going pretty much for free in, in drafts. So I think uh, that's a big um, one for me um, that I can pluck for Blake Drummond at the end of drafts, uh, at the tight end position, especially if you didn't get one of those top five, top four guys. Yeah, definitely. With how late he's going in drafts, I mean, you could build this, like, monster of a team and then just plug Jake, uh, Blake Jarwin. And again, like we said, with this tight end position and Dak Prescott, those are targets that are going to be available probably in the neighborhood of like four to seven targets on a week in a week. Right. And, you know, you would take that in a PPR league. So I'm all about that. My last what could go right candidate here is DJ Moore, man. Well, one of my favorite wide receivers going into last year, I thought he would be an absolute PPR machine like he was in 2019 when he gobbled up 87 catches on 135 targets in just 15 games. Last year, though, was a bit different for DJ Moore, was utilized differently in in this uh, Joe Brady-led offense, instead catching 66 passes on 118 targets. But both of these years, he was just short of 1,200 receiving yards. He actually had more receiving yards in 2020 than he did in 2019 as – uh, yeah, in 2019, as his yards per reception was up four and a half yards from 13 and a half yards per reception in 19 Crazy. in 2019 to 18.1 in 2020. What a jump. Right. It's it just again, tw- uh, more is a special talent. He was he's a 98th percentile prospect in my prospect model. He showed off his versatility last year playing two two different roles in back-to-back seasons. Like, we we rarely ever see a guy go from, you're going to be a PPR machine. I think Stefan Diggs was the last guy we've seen do that um, and do it at a high level. And this guy enters his fourth season in the NFL. He's still getting better and presumably getting a quarterback upgrade from a guy that I personally still believe in is Sam Darnold. So if Sam can be better than Teddy Bridgewater last year and Joe Brady can utilize uh, DJ Moore in some, some of these routes that are maybe closer to the line of scrimmage, then like, you know, similar to how he was used a little bit in 2019, but not saying that they'll completely flip the switch. Cause I don't think that that would happen, but I'm just saying if they utilize him some more, uh, give not just use him uh, exclusively as a deep threat. They they have Terrace Marshall there, the talented rookie who can who can do some different play some different roles. So you know I, I would ex- I just I'm hoping for the rise here of DJ Moore, who's a talented talented wide receiver and could be and is a, still a rising star in fantasy. Yeah, that's that's good point. It's like they you know DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson just switched roles last year. Um, about you know what we thought they were gonna be, so yeah, maybe, probably both those guys are gonna gonna thrive, and you know I think you know they were able to 
kind of work it out. Joe Brady's just an offensive mastermind, so I'm I'm excited for for those two going forward. Yeah, man. So, Greg, that wrapped up my what could go right. Do you have another what could go right, or are you, uh, are you on what could go wrong? No, I think yeah, I think we're on ready to the, the what could go wrong. All right, man. You know, I'll start it, man, because this one, this I just want to get this one out early because it, it, I didn't even want to do it. You know, I, I want to even cry uh, just thinking about it. But Brandon Ayuk, and one of my favorite players across the NFL right now, uh, as fans of this show would know, 99th percentile prospect in my wide receiver prospect model. I love the talent that Ayuk is. And, and, and like I've been saying, he's on his way to becoming one of the better wide receivers in the NFL. In terms of what could go wrong for Ayuk, well, there's a couple of things, right? First is the target share. You know, last year he he dominated the target share for the 49ers, leading the team in targets with 96, but that a lot of that was due to guys like George Kittle and Debo Samuel missing time. Um, so if Ayuk isn't the guy for the 49ers, like I've been projecting, you know, that's something that could go wrong there for him. And then another thing is what if this offense – you know, becomes, you know, what if this, so no, back to that role, but like back to that point, what if this offense runs through Kittle, like it, like it has in the past and Debo Samuel, who's, you know, he's received rave reviews in camp uh, challenges Ayuk for some targets. And then the the last point is what if this run centric offense, or what if it becomes a run centric offense, especially if, and when rookie quarterback Trey Lance gets into the lineup there's some risk associated there's some risk associated with a player like Ayuk being in the offense that he's in but I'm shooting for the upside with Ayuk that you know the one that he showed as a rookie last year so uh that's my what could go my first what could go wrong candidate yeah that, uh definitely the 49ers you know ha- have in the past you know done some mysterious things that you know on fantasy day I were like what what just happened especially with the the running back so um, the wide receivers, you know, Shannon has been kind of consistent on, but yeah, the, the running backs have been uh, very up and down. So yeah, definitely a good one there. Um, my first one um, that has to do with Dak Prescott, actually. You know, uh, this is a guy that you know he his rushing numbers uh, in his previous seasons, um, excluding last season, he had at least 250 rushing yards in each of his seasons and three touchdowns. You know, he had six, um, he has 24 total in his his rushing career, which is a pretty good number. Um, that's, uh, for a guy that's still young in his career, 24 rushing touchdowns, um, and he's coming off the injury and it's not that, I don't think he can run. I, I think, I mean, I think he can do what he can rushing wise as, as far as the coaching and the play calling, I, I don't think, you know, they're probably going to maybe could peel him back a little bit, uh, rushing wise and which could bring down his rushing touchdown number and also bring down his rushing yards number, which ultimately bring down his, his cap of his production. Uh, and makes him kind of solely relied on the the passing yards, which this offense will have. But it, you know, you you always you, we're moving to kind of a dual threat quarterback way. Uh, you know, Dak Prescott uh, wasn't a super rusher, heavy rusher, but uh, in the red zone, he he did get a number of touchdowns. So I'm just a little worried that that might fall. Yo, that's definitely possible. I mean, this is a guy that throughout his career has had he had three straight years of six rushing touchdowns. You yeah. could almost like every year. I remember talking about fantasy every year. You could tie and take that to the bank. Well, he'll have six rushing touchdowns, um, but obviously didn't get it in 2019. He only had three, but he was on pace for it to get to, you know, to exceed that mark last year. We had three through five games. So it's definitely a good point. Uh, hopefully they don't do that when they get to the red zone. I mean, I could understand not wanting to run him, but when you get to the red zone, you you got you to gotta run Dak, man. Hey, yo, but, hand it out to my yeah. man Zeke. Let him eat more, you know? <laughs> That's a what could go right for him, if anything. <laughs> definitely. Definitely, man. But um, yeah, no, that's a, that's a good one. I'm going to move on to my what could go wrong candidate, my second one here. And I, I don't want you to hear what I'm not saying, people. Uh, I love this man. I love DeAndre Swift. You know, I may not have always loved him, but I fell in love with the player last year. He was 32nd in opportunity share last year, but he was 16th in fantasy points per game. Just speaking to his efficiency, a lot of that came uh, because of of the work he did as a receiver out of the backfield. Now, the reasons to be concerned with with Swift, he is dealing with the groin injury, like you know that we talked about, which he suffered earlier in camp. And he has dealt with injuries. He dealt with injuries last year, missing three games. He missed, uh, you know, time prior to the season starting as well. He was a player that in college suffered from a lot of uh, soft tissue injuries. And so, uh, you know, 
he could end up missing time. All running backs miss time at some point or another, but it's just one thing to factor. And then on top of that, consider his new offensive coordinator and Anthony Lynn, who I'm not in love with at all. But and while I do think that this becomes a running back centric offense, which could be good for Swift in terms of volume. But what it all it could also mean is that the touchdown opportunities might not be there because I don't think Anthony Lynn, you know, we saw what he what his the offense that he didn't run because he wasn't the coordinator, but that was his his imprint was on it with, with the Chargers. Uh, you know, they didn't they were ran on first and second down. They were they didn't extend a lot of first downs. Justin Herbert was bailing them out. I don't think Jared Goff is the type of quarterback to bail people out. So again, um there, maybe the touchdown opportunity is capped, and so that caps some of the upside there for Swift. Now, again, I love Swift. I'm not saying that I don't want him on my fantasy teams. I'm just acknowledging the range of outcomes here for him. Yeah, definitely. I mean, yeah, yeah. Just, you know, uh, my man <laughs> Swift is hopefully, uh, yeah, he can stay healthy throughout the year. He definitely already got some um, trouble in, in training camp, you know. But, you know, every, everyone's getting banged up. He'll be out. He'll be out. Yeah, no, definitely hope that he uh, that he's all right, man, because he's definitely a, a fun player to watch. One of the, one of the, the better running backs in the league. Greg, who's your uh, next what could go wrong candidate? Uh, definitely, I'm gonna say Travis Etienne, um, just because uh, we we do all expect, and you know, with the offense, the style, the coaching, that Etienne is gonna take you know the bulk of the the carries and be this you know uh uh. A, versatile player which the versatility is definitely going to be there um but we um don't want to make sure sh- you know i'm going to make sure that uh if it could go wrong that james robinson is very heavily involved in this offense like he he did a lot of proving last year to, to show that he should he could be a number one running back in the nfl um he, you know he didn't do anything wrong he he you know he he earned his keep so um just a matter of how that distribution is going to be truly between robinson and etn um uh, if it's what could go wrong if it's if it's closer to you know a 50 50 uh, rather than like a 60 30 you know uh kind of or 60 40 sorry or 70 30 split for for atn yeah that's uh definitely a a good one there because it, it is true right like when there's two running backs in the backfield that are so talented like we have to acknowledge that there's a probability that it can it can go either way right and so I think that, you know, it obviously makes sense that, hey, um, Travis Etienne is going to take on this hybrid receiver role but and gobble up the receptions. But James Robinson can catch the ball, too. He had a decent amount of targets last year and a good amount of receptions. And so, you know, to think that he can't do that would be would be a fallacy there. And so, I, I you know, out of respect for James Robinson, I, I do understand this one here. Um, this next one. Man, I didn't even want to do it, but I was forced to by the powers that produced this podcast. Uh, Kyle Pitts. Now, I've been preaching about Pitts being my tight end four uh, this year with the floor being tight end six. I've also said that without Julio Jones, Pitts should be a thousand yard receiver for the Falcons. That's what I have projected for him. But the fact remains that Pitts is a rookie getting ready to play probably one of the hardest positions to transition to in the NFL because of all the responsibilities that a tight end could have on any given play, whether it's running a route, pass blocking, run blocking. Also enter the fact that there's a veteran former first round pick in his tight end room in Hayden Hurst. And while Hurst didn't perform to the level that managers wanted last year, he's still a good tight end and will be involved in this offense. Arthur Smith ran a lot of 12 personnel in Tennessee. And I think that we see some of that here with two talented tight ends in Atlanta. And so now the question remains, how much will Hurst be involved and how quickly will Pitts adjust to the NFL? Since 2010, only two rookie tight ends have averaged more than 10 PPR points per game. If Pitts can be the third in that time, then I believe a tight end one, uh, you know, I believe a tight end one finish is, is, is in the cards for him. But just be mindful that we are expecting Pitts to be an outlier, so that comes with some risk. Yeah, definitely. Any time you know, rookie tight ends just historically are you know not it's not the year for them. Um, usually expect a great rookie season to be over 500 yards and then call it a day. Uh, so uh, yeah, we're expecting great things out of Kyle Pitts. Um, you know, I've seen you know expected tight ends to 
to do well and then they just become glorified blockers so yeah uh it's interesting for for offenses so uh, i'm excited for for Kyle Pitts and what he can do though no i'm definitely excited again just acknowledging the range of outcomes here and just want to you know want to um educate the people here a little bit yep, so yep, yep. greg do you have any more what could go wrongs uh this one's more of a joke but not really though travis kelsey his beard he cut his beard <laughs> i think that's gonna steal all his talent yo that has all his talent his skill his swag everything bro like i don't want to take travis kelsey uh in the first round anymore that just took away his first round swag yo it's crazy like he really <sighs> cut his beard like what was this man thinking like i don't understand like um it, the memes that i've seen on that that the beard and everything is probably the best thing i've seen this year it's it's crazy how how different he looks it, i've never seen such a such a uh, i don't know i can't i'm speechless i'm speechless <laughs> right it's it is it's absolutely crazy uh yeah one of the memes was you know the the guy she the guy she's uh you versus the guy she tells you not to worry about yep. and it was travis kelsey without the beard that's travis kelsey with the beard so that was funny man um no they yeah grow the beard back bring it back kelsey mm-hmm. or you know the craziest thing i found out this year was that his name is not travis kelsey it's travis kels but yeah is this, who who is this? he's probably an imposter playing uh <laughs> the real travis kelsey <laughs> <laughs> whoever this guy is they do look like completely different people. Like, oh, yeah, they do. crazy stuff, man. Crazy yeah. stuff. But, everyone, this was fun. Hope you enjoyed it. Uh, if you haven't listened to the mock draft that we did, you want to go back and listen to that. You know, that feels like forever ago. Um, but it was, it's out there. So, go check that out. Um, but, again, we will catch y'all next week. We appreciate y'all for, for vibing with us. Definitely appreciate y'all for the support and the love that we've gathered thus far. Um, you know, make sure again you subscribe to the, the YouTube channel, subscribe to the podcast, make sure you're rating and reviewing. Hit us up in the comment section. You know, we'd love to interact with everybody and you know, make sure you're following the show at FF Diagnostics. Make sure you're following Greg on Twitter at Gmoney underscore truth. Follow him on Instagram as well at we underscore made it. You can follow me at JR Football Nerd on all social media platforms. And uh after that, have a good one, everybody, and we are out of here. We Peace. Are...